So this will be part of a little series where I'll ask writers as many as I can or the mysterious questions that don't really need or probably don't have answers, which is uh, what they think in the end writing is beyond ideas of academia and journalism, its purpose and its mystery. My first um, person being questioned in this way is Paul Lynch, who I think is aged 41 now, um, a wonderful Irish writer. His first book was Red Sky in Morning, uh, which I remember reading and being hugely impressed by. His second book, The Black Snow. His current book is called Grace, which is set in the Irish famine, which is another tremendous book. And the thing about Paul, I think, is that he has been seeking um, vigorously, uh, concentratedly, and taking no prisoners, his own particular style which is the hardest thing to do as a writer, to find your own particular bird song that suits the bird that you are. So um, I will shortly ask him the, the difficult questions. So here we are, um, going to ask a few mysterious questions. Mm. It's quite a quite important to me in the sense that I'm, I've been writing for 40 years and I still don't know the answers to these questions. And maybe there aren't any. Mm. And even as we don't arrive at answers, we'll have done something solacing anyway. Um, if there was a headline for it, it would be, what the hell heaven are we doing? What is writing? Um, and my first question would be, is it part of us as a creature? Is it Homo sapiens sapiens or something much more ancient than that? Hmm. It's definitely ancient. Um, I think of the, there's a, there's a, there's a, not to move into science, but there, there's a quote from Stephen no, Pinker. No, move into science. Yeah, okay. There, there's an interesting thing from That's Pinker. That's where it is, I think. Uh, well, I think right now it's, there's, there's, this is where we're learning the most about yeah. it. Um, there's a there's a quote Pinker talked about you know storytelling is essentially Grok and his his pal walking down a road and Grok you know says wait wait I tell you what happened to me the other day mm -hmm. you're in mm -hmm. that's the story mm -hmm. and it's as old as that but I think there are other aspects to to it that go deeper um, I I am interested in in you know the advancing at a, at a furious rate, the field of, of, of neuroscience and cognitive mm -hmm. psychology. And, yeah. You know, you, take, you look at someone like Daniel Kahneman, who's, who's studied intuition. And writing has to come from it's the intuitive parts of us. Mm -hmm. it's, the, it's the blind, the blind spot, the, the unconscious that we can't quite see. And he talked about how the the, our intuition, this rapid-fire intuition, is really actually just a narrative machine that because of the, kind of the billions of inputs of data that is reality around us, that in order to make sense of what that reality is, um, we need some kind of a system of storytelling. So, like you know, we 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 see A and we see C and we impute B from that. You know, we we, we infer it, and so that's you know our reality as it's constructed is actually a narrative, and our lives are narratives. And so, storytelling is built into everything that we do. Um, but it, I think it's strange and mysterious the urge then to sit down and write a novel for three years, you know, unbidden, 
you know, it's 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 just it's it's a. Well, maybe you're I, fishing. Yeah. You're fishing in that narrative because first, at first, scientists were suggesting that there was no narrative, mm. and they have the bleak prognosis for the whole entire universe of eventually just evening out into a completely dead yeah. nothingness, yeah. and everything will be gone. Well, I mean, in some sense, that's the postmodern kind of uh, you know uh, reality that that we've inherited for the last fifty years. You know that just that that there is no meaning, that everything is just an atomization. And frankly, I, I, I disagree with that because yeah. you know, we are meaning-generating machines and we have to live. So we generate meaning whether or not it has any actual uh, corresponding truth in the wider world. But there's, there's meaning as far as I get out of bed and, I, and I, I live my life. And so maybe that's an interesting kind of uh, starting point about, about where the writer begins. So maybe we'll allow stories then to be a collection of present moments rather than past or future. But um, one of the things we've been told now is that there are more cells in the human brain than there are planetary or stellar bodies in the entire universe. So it's quite a, an object. Yeah. So and the synapses presumably are innumerable as well. Mm. And when I reviewed your first book, or rather wrote a little uh, a loving, lovely loving a lovely cry, blur. cheering cry. Of, <laughs> um, I said, it, they, you know, your style affected the synapses of the brain because mm. you're slightly rearranging. So it isn't that stories are possibly serving what's already there, but maybe some alteration can be made. But for what purpose? It, are the purposes of storytelling solacing? Are they, are they critical of human mendacities and perfidies? You know, Tolstoy yeah. was not ashamed to be moral. You, you said postmodern, but more pernicious still would be modernism, which was saying in a way that everything was finite and finished and over already. Mm. You know, yeah. so that before, but I don't think you and I particularly work out of modernism. I mean, we pay homage to it and we recognize well, it. It's, it's, you, you, you can't escape the past. No. You know, books, books are built on books. You know, and you can only write from what has what you've read and what's come before. So, you know, I would say that uh, in in both our writing, there are elements of modernism and postmodernism. But I think that um, fundamentally, what we'd have in common might be an actual appreciation for romanticism, the sense of uh, bringing things back to the individual and trying to locate the individual, the lost individual, the fallen the individual, lost individual. Beautifully said. Yeah. Why are we doing that? Why are we doing it? You know, you, you mentioned, why are we doing it? I mean, look, I can only talk about my own process, about, and, and it's not something that... I would be feel free yeah. not to know. Yeah. That's I mean, all right, too. Like, what, what, why do I write a novel? Well, actually, it's not a rational decision. What happens is right. I'm usually haunted by a feeling mm -hmm. or an image. It's usually right. combined. It's there a, is a rationality to feeling, though. Yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I usually get a feeling about something, mm. and very often it's coming from an image. Um, the, the American poet Marianne Moore said that all art begins with a feeling, which I, I think is very, uh, very true. I think good art, anyway. That with a sort of urgent feeling. Yeah, that, that, that it's, it's not coming from a, uh, an idea. Oh, I have a great idea. It's, it, it comes from, from something within that needs to be examined. Um, and so, like, for me, I often get, all my books begin with this, an, an image arrives. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes it can come in a dream. The black snow began mm -hmm. entirely from a dream that I had. Hmm. And I woke up and wrote, wrote the thing down and, mm. and, and it wouldn't leave me. And, mm. and what I find is that, that the image, when it stays, you try to ignore it, but it haunts you. Mm -hmm. It's like a dog pulling at your leg. Mm -hmm. That's, 
Yeah, we have a new puppy. I'm experiencing Yeah, well, mom. you know, and the puppy lets, it, lets itself off on your leg now and again. And sometimes, you know, an image can be like that. And you're like, okay, yeah, okay, I'm listening. All and, branches yeah. of human experience <laughs> can be contained within yeah. it. And so, and so the, I think the job is to, for me anyways, to follow the image and unpack it. But what happens is other images start to connect to it. And ideas start to, intuitions or hunches, feelings, things that I'm looking at in the world, things that I'm interested in start to nucleate around this mm. single image. Yeah. And I'm then trying to unpack that. And to me, I mean, it sounds probably somewhat abstract. And No, no, it doesn't. You know, no, no. And, this and, is absolutely yeah. just true. And you're, you're trying to describe something that actually is beyond it's, description. It's and, you know, I, it doesn't it, belong in the realm of words. No, so. and you know, you know, in many ways, I think what we do is very similar to, you know, the scientific thinker or the mathematical thinker or the philosopher who are working abstractly with, um, they, they, they work within a given system of laws and they're trying to, they're, they're using formula, they're using mathematics to try and arrive at truths. Mm. And maybe what we're doing is very similar. It's just that we're working in a slightly different medium, medium that we're working uh, within certain laws that I would describe as human truths, things that are uh, immutable conditions of, of life. Mm. And we are trying to make sense of that using, using characters. So we're trying as... to discover, like a scientist, things that are already there, mm. but haven't quite been reached yet. Yeah. Wouldn't that be important? Yeah. I think of William yeah. Rowan Hamilton, who was walking along the Royal Canal, and suddenly came to him. He was a, obviously a mathematician, philosopher, the, the principle of quaternion multiplication which he then scrapped on, uh, scratched on the bridge. Mm. I squared is equal to J squared is yeah. equal to K squared is equal to IJ, K is equal to minus one. He knew it was something, he knew it was important. It, it was something to do with what he'd been thinking, but it only occurred to him as he walked along that water yeah. on the Royal Canal. This was then later crucial to get to the moon, yeah. 200, 300 years yeah. later. Yeah. So we're arriving at things, because it's not enough, is it, just to work within a tradition. There has to be a sense that because you're completely open, because you're walking along the waters of your own Royal Canal, mm. something unbidden can come. Yeah. And can, that's can we characterize I, that as I, I, helpful or dangerous or... Hugely helpful. I mean, I mean like... Or I, unlikely? I, I think what you're describing there is, is, you know, that is that interaction that writers have very closely with the unconscious. I, I, think, I think we pay huge attention to that enormous blind spot mm. um, that's in the brain. And, you know, the unconscious is two million years old, something like that. And also more cells than yeah, the and, entire and, universe. And, and, and it, it doesn't speak to us through language usually. It right. usually speaks through dreams and images and yeah. visually. And whereas language is only maybe a hundred thousand years old, something like that. And so the unconscious has its own way of communicating to us and it communicates through these. But this is terribly important because mm. you just say, you just said language is only, because as a creature we're only 200,000 years old. Mm. Now that in itself is alarming. Yeah. Because that's a very, you can't get a pencil small enough to mark that on the time scale of the universe. And that's one of the things we try to grapple with is the yeah. infinity yeah. that, so that what we're the, up against. You know, so I'm hoping that Australopithecus and those other hominids mm. were doing something similar to what we're doing. Yeah. Um, but yeah. but if, if, if language is only recent, mm. And whatever reasons language arose for, what about writing? I mean, this is a technique that is incredibly recent. Are we talking maybe four, five, six thousand years? Yeah. It's it's very recent. It's, it's, and as for the English language, it's you know it's a baby. It's a tiny yeah. thought in, on the scale of things. 
So to what degree, do you, what relationship do you feel that in your active writing do you have to, say, the, an oral tradition where, where texts were always floating in the air, they were always committed to memory in that mm. brain we're talking about? Yeah, it's a good question um, because I would never have considered that as a, as, as a sort of primary ingredient of, of No, because of we were told that was a rather disgraceful yeah. thing. Yeah, Modernism sure. tells us yeah, that's yeah, all yeah, ho yeah. hokum. Yeah, and yet in my... In my by writing, there's the, the lyric is there. You know, it's mm. it's 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 almost read to be to be learned to, to, to be learned or it to is. be read aloud. It is there's yeah. there's a kind of a very deep patterning in the language, and that's very important to me. Yeah. The rhythm, you know, yeah. and, and and rhythm is fundamental. Because it's your I, in my introduction to you, I was saying that you're one of those writers who has striven hard to discover your own particular bird song, in 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 as much as it relates to the bird yeah. you are. Yeah, and isn't that what you're talking about? Yeah, you know, I, I it, it might also come from. Uh, this fear of that I'm not getting close enough to what I'm describing, yeah. and so I always push the language as 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 close as I can get it, so that I try and capture that thing in its newness. I like the idea of strangeness that 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 reading uh, to to for the, for the reader to truly inhabit the the world that they're in that the the writer creates for them. That they have to feel, they have to see it like a child. That they have to mm -hmm. um, like a inhabit it uh, in an entirely new way. And so, language has to be has to be pushed and to make things to, new. And maybe to write like a child, an experienced child, is an important idea as well. Absolutely. That the writer yeah. shouldn't be really considered a fully fledged, you know, admirable, pedestal worthy human being, but actually is a sort of a broken-hearted child trying but, to just get up yeah. off the ground. But is, isn't there something related to that in the way that you know? Right when I, when I write, I try to escape my my adult personality entirely. I mean, I, I meditate. I'm meditating for maybe ten right. years, and that's something that I did before I write. And what that I did, I did just before I set out for here. Yeah, and and it's 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 mm. profound. Um, it has a profound it, profound consequences for writing. But one of the things that I enjoy most about it is that it it it, it wipes the slate clean, so that when you yeah. sit down, you're ready to conjure up things that are not necessarily yours. Or your from your personality that you're reaching into some f totally free, yeah. ungovernable place that is possibly like the, the which kind I of think explains your your child, the Donegal focus in in your work, mm. especially the first two books. Yeah. Whereas you're trying to you're trying to um, access a locus and and the creatures of that locus mm. uh, for that reason. I mean, we'll continue this at another moment. But I, my last question is um, on this thing: is should we just blame our mothers? Is it all there? Oh, of course. Yeah, of course. You know, like this. My goodness. I mean, uh, you don't get uh, a good writer. A good writer or a great writer needs need, needs to be carrying some eternal wound inside. <laughs> you know, that's that's the uh, writing solves the eternal wound, something like that. Um, to probably bastardize a Nietzsche quote. Um, he, beauty salves the eternal wound. I think was the line, something like that. But um, yeah. but there is there is um, there is that there is that. Uh, yeah, I I think that I think we talk about the child, the, the the Edenic kind of experience of childhood, and that a lot of people who become writers get shunted out of that sense of of Eden, possibly too too early, or possibly uh, you know. You know, at a point when that they're marked, they carry. I would suggest that it's our effort as children to to create, to um, perpetuate the idea of Eden in us as children mm. after Eden has been destroyed. Yeah, that creates that. the yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Listen, it's a joy to talk to you. We're going to definitely talk again. Yeah. Thanks so much, Thank Paul Lynch.